Welcome to the special edition of the Carolina Weather Group podcast. James Briarton along with Scotty Powell, Chris Jackson, all in the same place together because we are here in Gastonia, North Carolina for the Weatherproof event. That's right, James. Uh, we've been invited out to this Weatherproof event. It's an event to uh, kind of bring the weather community together and also bring in the, uh, the public. So uh, broadcast meteorologists are going to be here today. We're here. I think uh, the National Weather Service, a couple of colleges, um, insurance, car repair, just uh, all sorts of people, all sorts of folks here, and uh, looking forward to getting uh, to see all the uh, folks coming to the event. Also, kind of doing uh, some some work with uh, our partners in the uh, weather industry. That's right. And Chris is going to tell you a little bit about what we got. All right. So what we're going to be doing today, we're going to have a green screen set up, and we're going to be uh, letting kids and adults alike do the weather. And uh, we got a few graphics set up. Let uh, let everybody have their chance to uh, have a go at it, and uh, we have a free weather radio giveaway also. So come on out, it should be fun. Yeah, we're gonna have fun with that green screen. That's right. Let's head inside and meet up with some of the partners from today. Uh, we are here with Lauren and Sandy from the National Weather Service in Greenville, Spartanburg, which cover us here in Gaston County and neighboring Mecklenburg County for Charlotte. Uh, you are holding up a, a weather balloon. Uh, so tell us a little bit about uh, the weather balloons and, and what role they play in the forecasting. So these weather balloons are actually launched twice a day at numerous weather service sites all across the nation. Um, for example, there's some launched in Atlanta um, that we get data from, launched um, all over the country, um, even some in Alaska uh, as well and down in Hawaii. Um, and what happens is our weather models, our computer models that give us a good first guess at the forecast, they take that data that we get from the weather balloons and they actually ingest it. So they take that data and they make our forecast better, which is fantastic. So these play a huge role in how we forecast and how we're actually able to get out the best possible forecast, especially important during hurricanes, for example. Um, much easier to predict exactly where a hurricane's going to go if you have this data. So it's really important. It's very cool to see one. I've never seen one in person before, but uh, they're pretty I th- big. They are pretty big, <laughs> yeah. and it's, this one's not even inflated. Yeah. Uh, and uh, they do, like you said, play a very important role beyond, I think people think weather, they think radar, they think satellite, but you guys are launching these instruments uh, day in and day out. That's very cool. What else have you been showing uh, people who have been stopping by your booth here today? So what we're really trying to talk about is weather safety uh, as far as our booth today. So a lot of our messaging, you know, of course we issue warnings at the National Weather Service, tornado warnings, flash flood warnings, severe thunderstorm warnings. But if nobody gets the warning, how are they going to take safety measures? So what we want to do is try to make sure people have multiple ways to get warnings. Sometimes one way may fail. And so you want to make sure that you have multiple ways. You have backups. So maybe you have a weather radio. Maybe you also have a cell phone app. The FEMA app on your cell phone will alert you if there's dangerous weather in the area, if we send out a, a warning or a watch. Um, so that's really good to, to make sure. Social media nowadays is also a really good method to get warnings, to get warning information. Uh, I see you have got two soda bottles and some blue water in it. We do. What, what is going on there? A lot of fun. Can you show us? Yes, absolutely. So this is one of our favorite projects to do. It's a lot of fun. This is the safest type of tornado. You can find tornado in a bottle. Very easy to do. Also the only controllable tornado. Exactly. We know exactly what this one is going to do and where it's going to go, which is awesome. So all you do is flip it over, give it a spin. One of the most important ingredients in the atmosphere to form a tornado. And there we go. And there we go. We have actually almost a wedge tornado I was going to say, that's a pretty good one. I was going to try to put it on the scale. Oh, man, I don't know. I don't know. Can we sample the winds inside I, that I, bottle? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. That's but this cool. is also a great activity that uh, families could do at home. Absolutely. We call this This is a tornado tube, this okay. connector piece. That, you get a couple two-liter bottles of soda or water, anything like that. 
dump them out, drink them, whatever you want to do, and put in. You can put in food coloring in your water, glitter. Ooh. Out there, glitter tornadoes. Very pretty cool. fancy tornado. Exactly. You can actually take little monopoly houses, as long as it'll fit through this uh, the neck of the bottle. Interesting. Could be interesting. So you can actually loft debris and things yes. like that inside. Safely your, simulate that to exactly. loft of debris inside a tornado in a bottle. So you get to have a lot of fun without actually damaging anything. Which very, is very great. good. Parents, just make sure you, before you give that a yeah. spin that it's securely fastened. Exactly. Maybe outside to <laughs> test might be the best uh, best way to start this, or in the garage instead of on the carpet. Absolutely. Thank you for letting us stop by. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much. We're here at the Weatherproof Event in the Snow Museum here in Gastonia. It's a uh, weather get-together from a lot of people in the weather in industry. And we have with us uh, Stuart McDaniel, a weather photographer. Stuart, uh, you've been interested in weather and astronomy for a long time. What got you hooked into uh, doing weather photography? I've just always liked to uh, watch the weather and uh, see uh, basically anything with nature and, and uh, just watch storms come up, lightning, and just basically anything to do with weather so so you're based in cleveland county so you you got some flat land to take pictures of, of lightning and storms what's your favorite uh, type of weather to photographer severe weather um i've always you know liked the storms better than the than the winter weather definitely so and last year you was able to catch uh the eclipse in columbia south carolina tell us a little bit about that well we were in uh, columbia with uh WTV and Eric Thomas and uh, they uh, it was probably one of the most amazing things that I'd ever seen I mean it was it's the second one that I had seen but it was one that I'd really took a lot more interest in and, and got to photograph it so it was it was really something to see and so Stuart if folks want to check out your weather photography uh, do you have a website or how do you display that and how can they uh, get in touch with you if they want to buy something it's uh, stuartmcdaniel.com is the website it's got all the information on there all right so we appreciate that and uh, check out stuartmcdaniel.com lots of great weather photography Stuart's an award-winning photographer who has taken many storm pictures uh, definitely lightning and thunderstorms so go out and uh, give him a follow uh, we are here now with Jared from the North Carolina Institute for Climate Studies. Is that right, Jared? That is correct, yes. So what do you guys do? So we do a lot of different things. So we're meteorologists, but we do no forecasting. So I have no idea what the weather's going to be like tomorrow. So we actually go backwards. So we're housed within NOAA's National Centers for Environmental Information. Um, they house all the world's weather data. Um, we have weather data going back to the 1700s. We have over, to get technical, we have about 36 petabytes of data in that building. I don't even know how big that is. That's, That's a, uh, so a terabyte is a thousand gigabytes and a petabyte is a thousand terabytes. So weather records going back to 1700s, yes. what were they recorded on and how do you access them now? Well, so back then, obviously, we didn't have computers, so we recorded. they recorded them on paper. And then um, it was actually, uh, it really started to become big in the U.S. in the late 1800s um, through something called the Cooperative Observer Program. And then, uh, so they, they continued to write them down and then the computers came and then they started digitizing more. Um, so, you know, now it's just you do it on your phone or it's just automatically through a weather station. Um, but there was a group for many years that did nothing but just digitize those weather records. 
And uh, you mentioned weather stations a moment ago, yes. and we are here today at the Weatherproof event, and I see you have stuff on the table that uh, families and kids have been coming by to check out. What do you have on display here? So we got a lot of different things here. Um, I have, let's see, we have this, the anemometer here, the cup anemometer that measures the wind speed. Uh, we also have a rain gauge. Um, it's just your standard rain gauge that people use. Um, part of the uh, good example is the Cocoa Ros network. We've been, trying to we've been trying to get people to be Cocoa Ros observers here. We've got one in Gaston County. Can you show up, us that so. rain gauge? And yes. Anybody watching online who wants to know how they should be measuring the rain? Uh, yeah. So this is so there's an outer tube and an inner tube. So every morning, um, if you were so I'm a Coco Ross observer. So every morning at seven o'clock, I go in and I see how much rain fell, and then I report it. And it's also important to say that no rain happened. So it's important. Those zeros are very important for for people. Um, so, but if it did rain, it'll fill up in this gate in this little cylinder first, and it's got it's got the measurements here that say, you know, what how much it is. It goes up to one inch, and if it's over an inch of rain, it'll overflow into the outer outer rim here. So. And Kokoros, just to remind folks listening and watching, is a network where anyone can yes. voluntarily send in these uh, weather reports, and then you guys are putting them on the record and holding copies yep. of them? Yep, Coco Ross stands for the Community Collaborative Rain, Hail, Snow Network. Um, it's very easy to sign up. Um, it's free to sign up. Uh, they give you uh, links, I believe, to go purchase one of these rain gauges. I think these are just $30. Um, and then uh, it tells you how to, you know, to download the app, to do your reports. And then that's just one of the many networks that ends up in our weather building to, to archive. Fabulous. Thank you for your time, Jared. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. I'm here with Candace Jordan. Candace, uh, meteorologist here at the Snail Museum. Uh, this is the first year for Weatherproof. So far, how do you think it's went? I think it's been a huge success. I've heard a lot of good feedback from people, and people are really interested in weather, whether they say it or not. Uh, they are. Definitely so. And Candace, what inspired you to, to do this? I know a lot of bigger cities and communities kind of put on a weather fest, but here in Gastonia, the Hickory area, we've not really had anything like this. So what kind of inspired you to do this? Uh, for that exact reason. We just don't have it. And like I said, you know, people are really interested in weather, so why not give them some resources and also give them a way to learn about weather in a correct way. There's a lot of incorrect weather information out there, especially on the Internet, you know, because everything on the Internet's true. Right, right. Um, so, you know, give them a way to learn things, but learn in a fun way. So that was kind of my goal. Definitely so. And you kind of brought together a lot of folks in the weather enterprise, not just broadcast meteorologists. We have the weather service here. We have uh, different companies who kind of deal with weather. So what was your, your behind the scenes thinking on bringing everyone together? Well, my thing is, is, you know, a lot of people when they hear meteorologists, they instantly think of like a TV person. And so it's like the meteorological community is actually a lot bigger than that. You know, like you said, we have our research people. We've got climate people. We've got uh, the National Weather Service. We have an insurance agency talking about how weather directly impacts the types of insurance they sell. So just showing the people that weather is very interconnected. Definitely so. So if you want to come out, give us the details. What else can we do here besides when weatherproof's not going on? Well, I do have a challenge for you. See if you can blow faster than a hurricane. I've got an anemometer here, and I'm going to see if you can blow faster than a hurricane. we got some tornado tubes. You can shock yourself, make some lightning, uh, learn about plants and animals and how they relate to weather as well. Sounds good, Candace. We appreciate for you uh, letting us come out here and kind of set up a little booth here. And uh, we hope that uh, we'll be able to come back to Weatherproof next year. Yes, we're definitely going to have Weatherproof next year. Sounds good. 100% chance. <laughs> Thank you, Candace. 
All right, we're here with weather at the Weatherproof event. I'm with meteorologist Chris Larson from WBTV. And Chris, uh, happy to have you out here. It's been Thank a good you. event. It has. A lot of folks. Uh, Candace was just saying uh, 350 people through the door today. So a lot of folks interested in weather and coming out to, to take a look. A lot of young kids out here. They may have our job later on. Let's hope so. <laughs> I keep telling them all, uh, be better than I was at math and, and study hard. That's right. Yeah. And you, you gave us some good weather today. Yeah, beautiful today. Yeah, yeah we're out here in front of... Uh, WBTV's uh, first alert, Storm Three. Yeah, so you want to take us, uh, show us what what you guys do uh, with uh, Storm Three? Yeah, this was something that we brought online about a year and a half, two years ago, uh, in a partnership with Scott Clark Toyota. It is a beautiful four wheel drive, but we have set it up with um, incredible live capabilities to be out on the roadways and some interfaces with the weather equipment that we use back at the studio at WBTV. So if we come to the back of the truck. Um, we do have just a big screen TV and normally what we have is a laptop and I'm sure you guys are familiar with like log me in so we can go from a Wi-Fi connection and log into remotely to our computers back at the station so uh, we've also got this uh, little quick green screen set up if we're doing something uh, with one of our other cameras but that's nice but one of the biggest advantages of this system is yeah, you probably know the days that we had live trucks and you had to go park a live truck somewhere and you had to put a map 70 feet up in the air to be able to go live. Well, now with the advent of digital and phones, we can go live through a cellular signal. So we've got a complete setup here with a number of cameras on this truck. And this was put together by our engineering department. And then we've got what's called a live view unit. And this takes like five cellular cards and combines the signal that lets us get an HD signal uh, right back to the station and go live without having to park or set up and put a mast up into the air. And then if you move around here to the front, you'll notice that we've got HD cameras mounted on the roof. I'll step out of here just a little bit. You can see that it's a 360-degree 360 uh, pan-tilt camera that can be operated remotely from inside the vehicle to give us an HD camera view. We've got a lipstick HD camera mounted here on the dashboard with a light. So when we're in here live, it actually has a light on you to get a good picture. And then there's the forward-facing dash cam HD camera. And all of those can be controlled remotely by this storm cam switcher. So the meteorologist or reporter can actually be out driving live chasing a storm or going to a snow event or something like that and switch back and forth from the camera on them to the camera in the dashboard or to the HD camera up on the roof. And so Chris, being a broadcast meteorologist, you're in front of the green screen a lot. How valuable is it to have a tool like this when you're doing water wall coverage? I think it's a great tool to let people know what the actual conditions are because as powerful as our technology is in the studio, and you guys see that with getting live updates on radar and getting real-time data in, there's nothing like seeing uh, a driving rainstorm or thunder and lightning or driving and seeing what it's like out on 85 when it's coming down uh, cats and dogs. And, um, uh, even I do traffic in the morning as well. Being able to get quickly and live to the scene of something and show people a live picture. You can, you can use maps and radar all you want, but if you can show somebody that there's a tree down on Providence Road that's blocking the roadway or that there's somebody out there cleaning it up or that there's a tree down on a house or that you're driving down 85 in Gaston County and you're driving right into the core of that storm, uh, I think that really means something to the viewer. 
I should say too that there is a mobile weather uh, station up here. It's just your typical. It gives you, you know, your air temperature and your wind speed. It's got an anemometer, except somebody drove that into a tree Uh-oh. and tore the <laughs> anemometer off the top of it. So engineering's waiting for a part to fix that. So it takes a lot of abuse. But I, I think the biggest thing is is being able to do these live uh, video shots on the move. You know, where you can really drive two things and give people the feel of what's happening out there. Definitely. So one last thing, uh, Chris Larson, kind of a newbie for our weathercast. We've not had you on our podcast before. So uh, one question we always give everybody is, how did you get the weather bug? You know, I got the weather bug really in college. I went to Appalachian State, as did you, and I was a counselor at Appalachian State Summer Science. Uh, and got interested in science uh, and weather then. Uh, Appalachian didn't have a weather program, and I was a broadcasting political science major, and I, and I was a reporter and anchor in Charleston. And uh, TV is one of those where you do what you're told to do. And I got thrown into doing the weather and really loved it and decided that I liked doing the weather and forecasting much more than I liked being a reporter for news so I went back to school at Mississippi State and they have a broadcast meteorology program so uh, I went through that and that's how I got into weather but you'll find that in a lot of TV stations that you just get thrown into doing something whether it's news weather sports what have you it's like here's what you're going to do today. <laughs> That's right. We go, we want to keep our job, don't we? Yeah. Well, Chris, thank you so much for uh, giving us a tour here of Storm 3, and uh, we uh, hope that uh, you don't have to use it much because yeah. we're, we're happy to have this calm weather. Yeah, beautiful weather. Maybe someday they'll actually let me go out and ride in it. Maybe in a snowstorm. Yeah. <laughs> thank, thank you, Chris. Sure thing. We had a lot of fun here at the museum today for the Weatherproof event. We uh, want to thank everyone who came out to meet us and everyone else who was here today. Any closing thoughts, gentlemen? Yeah, we, we got to meet a lot of young kids, maybe some future meteorologist yeah. always good to get along uh, and uh, get out and talk with the uh, folks in the weather community always good to network and uh, always good to hang out with you guys Chris yeah. uh, same, same same sentiments a bunch of kids uh, had a great time good turnout it was a good turnout uh, thanks for Candace uh, from the museum for inviting us and if this is the very first time that you've watched the Carolina weather group welcome we're happy to have you please do like and subscribe and uh, we'll see you every Wednesday night for our live Carolina weather group podcast